0: Welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, Dr. Aaron Wiseman, your colleague in medicine and coach in life. And I am talking today with the vaginacologist. I know. Isn't that a great title? Dr. Teresa Irwin. She so graciously came on the podcast. We had a great conversation, but even more so, she sponsored her episode. So she is like five notches up in my book. And with her sponsorship, she really wanted to make sure that everybody knows that there can be a dramatic reduction in the amount of vaginal and bladder dysfunctions with early education to empower women to take control of their reproductive health, and that this education will increase the quality of life for women all over the world. She's so inspirational for me, and I can't wait to share this conversation. So let's get into it today and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, my friend and colleague, Dr. Teresa Irwin. It is great to have you with me here today. Well, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here, (laughs) Erin. We were doing some chitty-chatting before we got on the actual recording, so we're going to like rewind and hopefully get all of that in here for you guys. But go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience and tell them about the amazing things that you're doing in the world. Hey,
1: well, I'm uh, Dr. Teresa Irwin, and I'm a female pelvic medicine and reconstructive surgeon. And most people don't know what the heck that means. And, you know, really the old terminology was you're a gynecologist. That was a little more understandable, but still a lot of people didn't know what that meant. So I decided to take the approach and the idea of our eldest son when he was in high school. He was about 15, 16 years old. And uh, they were talking about their families and that sort of thing. And, And one of his buddies said, Hey, dude, what is it that your mom does for a living? And he's like, He's to be talking about vaginas all day long. And again, 15, 16 years old, he's like, uh, vaginacology. And so when he told me that, I was like, oh my God, that's like the perfect term. I mean, there's no one who questions me when I tell them that I'm a vaginacologist or the vaginacologist. So anyway, I treat problems of the vagina, sagging vaginas, leaking bladders, leaking bowels, sexual dysfunction, pelvic pain. Those are the main five categories as an FPMRS, which by the way, since you're FP. You know, I had the hardest time remembering the acronym. This is how I remember it. F.T. Family Practice. MRS. I'm married to a family practice doc.
2: (laughs) There you go.
0: There you go. And I'm so excited to be recording for you and that this dropping in February, the love month, because it all starts with the V, baby. And so we are going to talk all about... Your specialty as a so if you've got little ones in the car with you listening, you might want to skip this one, unless (laughs) you want to be explaining a bunch of things. Just a warning ahead of time to everyone. But yeah, let's get into it. So you've been practicing medicine for a while, but the actual vaginocologist brand started about a year ago, you're having your like one year business anniversary now. So talk about like the development, like getting that started and like what prompted that for you?
1: Well, it's actually been several years in the making. And as I, you know, looked, reflected upon how my patients, the the ones that had the most success in relation to what I would treat them with, whether medications, or surgery, of course, I, I recommend pelvic floor therapy and then and all the conservative measures first. Everyone has to go and see the pelvic floor therapist or I'm not going to do surgery on them. That's a requirement, which I didn't use to make that a requirement until I reflected upon the fact that those that did the best were the ones that actually followed the recommendations, the simple, basic diet and exercise things, right? And at first, when when I would tell patients, you know, you have to go see the pelvic floor therapist at least one visit, and if you don't go, I'm not gonna do surgery on you. I get a lot of, you know, women saying, oh, I've been doing those for years and, and they haven't helped me at all. Or, you know, what's that for? I don't have time. You know, lots of different excuses. And I would tell them, look, think about somebody who goes to a bariatric surgeon, right? they have bariatric surgery done and they lose hundred pounds and then they go back to their old behaviors. What happens? Right? So as soon as I tell them that example, they get it and they're like, okay. And I tell them, it's not just about learning about Kegel exercises, because quite frankly, most of us don't even do them correctly. And I'll be the first to admit that I didn't until I really delved into my subspecialty. You know, she's, she's going to teach you, or he's going to teach you a lot of things that you never realize are exacerbating your symptoms you know, such as the foods and beverages that you consume, the way that you sit on the toilet to pee, the way you sit on the toilet to poop, just so many things that you have no idea are making it worse. And the problem is when patients would come back and whether it was after surgery or after just doing conservative therapy, they'd say, you know, why didn't anybody ever teach us that? Why didn't we learn that? You know? And I thought, you know, that is so true. I guess it hadn't it hadn't dawned on me because I knew it. Right. <laughs> so I thought everybody knew, it. but I decided that since it's not being taught even to this day in which should be taught, you know, at least in, in junior high at the very least and beyond, you know, what is that sex education? They teach you about, yeah, the, the vagina is to have a period and to have babies. So what is it? to have pain, basically, right? And the penis is to ejaculate and make babies, right? Have fun. (laughs) It's not, I mean, the clitoris isn't spoken about, it's just so much. Anyway, I decided that I needed to get this education out. And I have to admit something else. And that was that I completely avoided social media, like the plague. I had a Facebook page, and that was about it. And made up may have posted three times ever. And as I went to a business planner and told her my plan, you know, because eventually I want to get on to Ted, she said, well, you're going to have to get on to social media and you're going to have to do a lot of teaching videos. You got to provide a lot of information for people to be able to go on to other, other venues and speak about this. And, and so I took her advice, but I kind of slowly took her advice. And then, as I spoke to my son and his girlfriend, they're they're in their early 20s, and you know they're in that age where this is super popular. And, and our oldest son, he's a model, so on Instagram he's got like 100, I don't know, 30 or 40 thousand people following him. <laughs> and so I thought, well, uh, can I can I pay you guys to help me get this going? and you can teach me. And so, so that became the company, the vaginacologist, along with actually my goddaughter. And at the time, my pre-med student, goddaughter being 19 years old and pre-med student in, the, in her uh, early thirties. So I had a lot of young folks uh, around me to help and guide me. And then I decided that I wanted to approach it by going to the youngest group. And that would be TikTok. That's where you tend to find the younger group. And why? Because they're the ones that are going to be probably least likely to want to listen to what I have to say because they don't have a problem. Why would you want to listen to, you know, someone has to talk about leaking pee and poop and sagging vaginas and all that stuff. So I wanted to approach that platform and get the information out because really the damage starts early, even in your teenage years. No one really realizes that. I shouldn't say no one. Most people don't realize that because it doesn't make any sense how that would would be the case. But here's some risk factors. Obesity. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of obese kids, teenagers and such. That's one. And then another is the type of sport that you play. So the sport that has the greatest risk of developing stress in your incontinence later in life is what do you think?
0: What would you guess? I don't know. I was just sitting here because I'm like, oh, shit, what is she going to tell me? Is it one of my sports? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know on it. I mean, is it like cross country running? I mean, I can see where running could cause a ton of problems. Yeah. Running is second. First is volleyball. Shit. I played a lot of volleyball and still do. Yeah.
1: That's number one. One hundred and sixteen percent greater risk of, of developing it. So there are things that you can do. So it's not to say don't play the sport. Right. But there are things that you can do to protect
0: your pelvic floor. Oh my gosh! We're gonna have to get back into this. Like, also, I've been writing all sorts of notes down, but now I got to talk about volleyball. Well, let's rewind in a minute because you've said so many things. Pelvic floor therapy used to be this like voodoo—you only tell your best friend that you're doing it—and it has become so much more commonplace. Mm -hmm. And and I think how wonderful that we can break the stigma of like the mysterious vagina. Mm-hmm. And and have people who are like, no, I go see my pelvic th- floor therapist, just like I see my mental health therapist, just like I see my occupational physical therapist, you know. And I do think that's important, you know, that we do use conservative measures before you're jumping in and getting a sling or, you know, doing all these other things. Right. The other thing I wanted to mention is I learned Kegel exercises out of Cosmo when I was in high oh. school. I ripped the page out of the library and oh stole God. it so I could take home and read it. <laughs> How did it tell you to do it? <laughs> it was the whole like like tighten up, hold it to the count, then slowly let it out to you. And and I would love to hear your perspective because I've heard other pelvic floor specialists talk about like majority of the time we do kegels wrong and we actually make pelvic pain worse.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. If if you're someone who has, for example, vulvodynia or Sometimes endometriosis, but not as much as interstitial cystitis. Yeah, it can it can exacerbate the, the symptoms, so that is correct. And sometimes you have to kind of figure it out by having having them do the Kegels, and then if they if they end up having more pain, then you have to teach them relaxation techniques. So it becomes um, opposite. Yeah. So in terms of there's two uh, main muscle fibers which you. All probably know, you know, there's fast twitch muscle fibers and slow twitch muscle fibers. Same thing down there, okay? And uh, you exercise each differently. And if, and I don't have my pelvic model here because I'm at work, I have it at my home office. But on there, uh, if you look at the muscles that surround the anal sphincter versus the muscles that surround the urethral sphincter, it's much greater around the anal sphincter. So when you're strengthening your pelvic floor muscles, the slow twitch muscle fibers, you do it by squeezing your anal sphincter, not your, not holding your pee like most of us have been taught and have have uh, done for so, so many years. And it actually accounts for 70% of the pelvic floor muscle strength is the slow twitch.
0: Wow. That's yeah. so interesting. You know, mm-hmm. and the other thing that I've heard that I heard recently from dr kelly Kasperson is that the the gi tract is like the bulldozer of the pelvis <laughs> yeah. and like what you're saying with like food and exercise that was a whole new concept that was like oh that makes total sense that it's like it's the bully down there that's triggering so much pelvic pain
1: yeah oh yeah it's it's amazing how much our, our gut plays into our whole body as we know. You know, we've known for several, I guess, a a decade or so about all the neurotransmitters that the gut contains and being the major source of it. So anyway, the the slow, so the way that you would strengthen your uh, slow twitch muscle fibers is by, like I said, squeezing the anal sphincter. And since it's slow twitch, you want to do it slowly. So I like to give the example of going up the elevator to the 10th floor. You know, you start out by squeezing a little bit. On the first floor, then you go second floor, squeeze a little more. See, so squeeze, 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 squeeze until you get to the 10th floor and then in, and hold it for 10 seconds. A lot of people can't, or women, men, men have PC muscle the exercises that they do, but if they can try to encourage 10 seconds, once you get to the 10th floor and then come down the elevator, but instead at, at half the rate. So you're going to go down through the course of five seconds instead of 10 seconds. And that's how you build up your low twitch muscle. Fibers and the majority of your pelvic floor strength. If you're going to do fast twitch muscle fibers, then you focus on the, your retail sphincter. And so, yes, now you hold your P and, and it'll count for 70% of the muscle strength. But in this case, it's fast twitch, so you can do fast uh, exercises. So you're going to squeeze, 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 squeeze. You do that 10 seconds, rest a little bit, doesn't matter how long, and then do it a couple more times. So
0: while you, differentiate the two i love that tangible takeaways there we go all right a few little other little notes that i jotted down you know isn't it amazing when we break down our preconceived of like what social media is it's really not about like flaunting yourself anymore it's really if we look at it as a teaching platform that yeah. has really helped modify how i approach social media in my business it's no more like flashy look what i'm doing look what i'm doing but instead it's like Let me help you. And Mm -hmm. I am in awe that you have jumped into the TikTok platform because my team is pushing me there. And I'm like, I want to do it. I don't want to do it. (laughs) But you give me inspiration.
1: Let's tag each other.
0: other. (laughs) Yeah. I'm on there. Technically, I just haven't done anything with it. But, you know, like. Talking about these because they're great algorithms. I've seen the research recently about the engagement is just amazing. And, Mm -hmm. of course, I think with a topic that you deal with, with I what I deal with, with burnout and life satisfaction, like people need this shit. They need to know about it. And we are doing them a disservice by, like, getting all in our heads and being like, no, I don't want to do it. So I just want to applaud you for, like, hiring the young folk and getting (laughs) them in there.
1: Yeah, it's been really great. It, it really has. It's been a lot of work and a lot of money that I've spent, but it's okay. I,
0: I feel good about it. It's all investment. Like if you can look at it, like you're getting set up really well this first year of business, and now it's just gonna roll.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a huge commitment because you got to keep it going, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't just it it's not a- one and done. Mm-mm. And it's not like real estate where you know it's it's that passive income that uh, will take care of itself. It's a continuous need to feed the system and provide that value to people. But I enjoy it. You know, I I have fun doing the dances. Uh it, It's been a lot of fun, honestly. So it's it's not so much work to me. Although my husband wishes that I'd scale back, <laughs> but he's been wishing that I do that my whole. Our whole marriage. If it's, it's not that, it's something else.
0: Tell him you're an alpha female. Just get used to it. You should yeah, be used to right. it by now. Listen to your podcast. Yeah, no, he's
1: he's great. He's so supportive. I mean, given, again, the, the time and money commitments, he's been really great. But uh, yeah, I heard your podcast with your husband. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, we we get those out once a month. Well, actually, you'll probably your episode will be dropping with the episode that we do together. So I'll have to tell him that I talked to the gynecologist. I want to see his like raw reaction for that because uh-huh. he's so super conservative. It's hilarious when no, I bring hey, up stuff hey, like hey, this. Hey, you? how's that possible? <laughs> he's the yin to my yang. To be honest, <laughs> you know. Oh, it's so great. It's like so my four year old. We call all the body parts the anatomical body parts. So she all the time is talking about her bulba and
1: (laughs) and so I love
0: it. He like it's just overload for him. And I'm like, no, no, it's fine. We are not gonna be ashamed of our bodies. Yeah. But I'm super interested. So I was a collegiate volleyball player, and now you're telling me that the stress incontinence that I experienced probably after birth was not all birth related. So, I want to hear about this.
1: Yeah. So, they it, it did a study. They did all the major sports. And it came down to volleyball being well above the rest. And running was second. And it's that pounding, you know. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of, you know, when you're reaching, you're, you're ball solving when you're mm-hmm. hitting the ball. And then when you land. So, there's like kind of a double whammy. And, of course, with running, you know, the whole time is pounding. So, I actually would have thought, I would have expected like you for running to have been first, but uh, no, it's not. So how can you mitigate some of that if you if you want to uh, do this? Well, first of all, do your kegels, right? Do uh, your correct kegels. Do the correct kegels. And if you're going to focus on one, do the slow twitch. And then also like the little statement that um, public court therapists like to say, squeeze before you sneeze. So if you can, obviously you can't spontaneously every single time, but you'll get get used to the rhythm of it that, I mean, I find myself every time I lift anything up, I'm always squeezing. It's now knee-jerk response for me. And so that's what it needs to become is, is knee-jerk response when you're, so not only are you trying to master the sport, now you're trying to master the Kegel at the same time.
0: Oh no, that's but that makes sense cuz I'm thinking about it. So I love yoga with Adrian. She is a YouTuber who does this just amazing at-home yoga practices. Mm-hmm. And she's all the time like talking about your core and like your Pelvic diaphragm. And I've really noticed since I've been doing it more consistently that the more you do it, the more intentional and you can actually feel different things. And like, it's not all just one huge contraction, like, you can actually engage different parts. And so, as you're saying that, like, just like that little rock of your pelvis, you know, like just trying to, I always think about like evening out the bowl, tightening that, tightening your core with yoga and like paying attention. That's an excellent source we exercise for improving the pelvic floor. I actually,
1: I have a, a master course and in it, in one of the lessons, I talk about alternate exercises that help improve the pelvic floor. And, and one is yoga uh, and, and which, which ones tend to do it more than others. But being intentional, you know, when you're doing the, the yoga move. So whenever you're doing, let, let's say you're doing um, mermaid or downward, downward dog, you, you just do a Kegel. And you try to hold kegel throughout the hold. Whenever mm-hmm. you're doing a hold, do a kegel hold, and that will also still will strengthen your core.
0: I'm not familiar with the teacher you mentioned. What's her name again? Her YouTube channel is Yoga with Adrienne. I can't remember her Adrian. last name. Yeah, I don't know
1: how, if she does to do that during the. Yoga she class.
0: she does talk about it, and it's more of a slower pace yoga as well. I, a lot of my local classes here are like. Go, 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 go. And I just found that I really didn't enjoy the classes. Yeah, I could keep up with them and I could build strength. But I think that's exactly right. Like part of my yoga practice is actually like kind of sometimes sitting in a pose and then like, oh, let's try to tighten our, you know, front body more. And like now I'm going to add Kegels into when we do stuff because I think that's where kind of where my body is now. Like it's done the hard and fast long enough. Now Mm -hmm. it's like, let's go low and slow and see what it gets us. Yeah, that's wise. You'll conserve a lot more joints too. I hope so. Well, I've loved this conversation and I know my listeners have got to be digging this too. And I bet one question that's rolling through their head is like, what she got over on her website for me? I know, of course, we all listen and we're like doing patient education so we can go talk to all of our stress incontinence, chronic pelvic painters, but Mm -hmm. really like, this stuff is so pertinent to any woman in any decade of her life. Talk a little bit about what you offer. Well, on the website
1: we have some uh, free PDFs to download. One of them uh, one of them is uh, differentiating between the two types of key roles, the most important ones. And then there's another on the correct pee positions. Did you know that you can pee in more than one Position
0: that's correct. I think that's hilarious because, yes, I do. Because I am an outdoors woman and I love peeing all over the place. That's probably TMI, but yeah, there you go. Model
1: uh, for, for one of those, uh, my PDFs are in one of my videos. Hey, that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll do a, a pee, correct pee position video.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's actually on TikTok. That's one of the most popular ones that I, that's out there for, for me. And I got tons of comments on it. Uh, it's, it's pretty funny, actually. But yeah, so how do how do most people pee? Just plop most down the potty and just go. Just sit upright, right? Yeah, it's very fun and proper. The way you're supposed to act in public, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, that's that's wrong. It's wrong because it is not going to allow you to your bladder fully. Usually, about a third remains in your bladder. So, if you think about, here's a glass and a bottle of water, and you're pouring the bottle. Uh, into the the glass and then you stop there so did you empty it no you want to go all the way right that you got to lean all the way over and I can't see me but I'm leaning all the way over and I have my elbows right above my kneeca- kneecaps feet flat on the floor and pee <laughs> but anyway so there there's some uh, Well, and
0: that makes sense if you think about like the anatomy and the like structuring of our urethra yeah, and our bladders
1: true? Oh, that it, it really helps to see that and how the bladder shifts, you know, to where, where it's a straight shot through the urethra
2: mm-hmm.
1: instead of
0: kind of lying a little bit low. Don't worry, they'll go to TikTok and watch you do it.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So I mentioned I have a master course and that is 15 lessons of all the various um, things, strategies, tips that you can do to... Improve your pelvic floor if you have an issue or prevent a future problem. Because I have never found any other place where it is all in one single area where you learn about these issues and then what you can do to correct, improve, or prevent. So it's for all, you know, I, I even do a belly dance course because belly dance has been studied. There's literature to prove that it improves the pelvic floor muscle strength mm. and positive effects on incontinent. So, yeah, I I do uh, I actually teach the exercise routine that was used in that that, that particular study that I just quoted, and, and and you know things like low pressure fitness, which is hypopresses, all sorts of things that that I teach. I'm teaching and other things. That help improve the public floor. So I also have an activity, a pen to each lesson, so that it is engaging the students who are spent on actually doing what I've recommended. And, you know, like I send out a, a, a pee hat so they learn how to do their own voiding diary and actually get a good idea of what their pattern is. Because most of us really don't know. Like I'll ask, well, how can we go to the bathroom? Oh, I don't know, you know, the usual, t- usual amount twice a day or I'll, or I'll get someone say 20 times a day, you know, (laughs) I get all, all across the board. Like, Oh yeah, the usual, that's not usual. But anyway, so that's the the most recent thing that I've, um,
0: I love it. So many great um, things. I love a good P hat. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It's like the best five cents that you can be spent to know what's going on with somebody. I think that's marvelous. Well, Dr. Teresa Irwin, it is so amazing to have you on here. You dropped so many pearls of just wisdom. I'm so excited. I'll have all of your links in the show notes. You guys can go to TheVaginaCologist.com. You can follow her on Instagram. Instagram, on Facebook, of course, on TikTok, because we going to be there, I promise, by the time that this gets out and learn so much more, not just for your patients, but also to take care of you. So thanks so much for coming and sharing. Thank
1: you so much, Erin. This is great. (laughs)
0: Guys, doors are opening soon for my next burnt out to badass group. I'm so excited. And did you know that the group is now lifelong? So if you join now, you get to stay in it forever, or at least until you decide when to leave. So this group consists of female physicians and other women in high performing professional careers who are ready to tell burnout to suck it and ready to reclaim that inner badass that they are. The class provides weekly support as we work through the Burnt Out to Badass course curriculum in addition to a whole bunch of other fun stuff. I mean, we mingle, we build community, we talk, we answer questions, you get lots of fun bonus material, merchandise. I mean, come on. And did I forget to mention lifelong membership? I would love to invite you into it. I think it's a great opportunity to get everything that you need in one place and a little Aaron Wiseman sass with that as well. So think about it. Get in here. Join us in the Burnt Out to Badass group. Link is in the show notes. Don't put it off anymore. Dr. Teresa, thank you so much for coming on Dr. Me First. I was checking out her website, and I love that she has a master course called Take Control of Your Vagina. Because it really does all start with the V. So, so true. I also found that, you know, she talks about how she founded the Vagina back in January 2020. Because she worked as both a surgeon and an expert witness in Vagina. Female pelvic dysfunction, and that she realized so much of what her patients were experiencing was due to lack of education. I just give her major props that she has really gone. I mean, she's on TikTok. I'm not even doing TikTok. I think it's amazing that she's providing these educational resources to help women understand their anatomy and how to not just like fix a problem, but have preventative measures. So I just, I, So much appreciate her coming on and talking about vaginal and bladder dysfunctions and that this information really will, hell, it's already increased my quality of life since this recording. Better believe I'm getting better at doing Kegels the correct way. So thanks again, Dr. Irwin. All right, well, let's get into our kick of encouragement today. I have a sticker that sits on my laptop. It's actually staring me in the face right now that says, actually, I can. I think too many times in our life, we say like, oh, shouldn't do that or won't. I was even on a recent podcasting call where the founder of the Doctors Podcast Network was like, well, we're going in the negative, but we shouldn't raise rates or increase prices. And I was like, um, actually you can, and maybe you should. I think too many times we put our own self-limiting expectations when if we would just step back and say, well... Actually, I can, and it's for the greater good. That's what I should do. So it's another way of calling upper limiting. I don't know if you guys have ever read the book, The Big Leap, but it goes into detail about how so many times we build a ceiling over ourselves so that we can't expand, we can't grow, we can't go to that next level. So I encourage you, get a post-it or, hey, get on Etsy and buy the sticker that says, Actually, I can, and I can't wait to see the great things that you do. All right. Well, remember, go check out the Vaginacologist. She's our sponsor for this episode. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.